on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, April 19th, fresh off an LA Galaxy win to start the season. I know that's got to make everybody feel good. An interesting game. A lot of things went right for the LA Galaxy. A lot of things went wrong in the beginning for the LA Galaxy. We're going to try to break it down, talk a whole bunch about it. Uh, talk about the game changers. Talk about Chicharito, Javier Hernandez getting some accolades from the league as well. Uh, a lot of good stuff from a long road trip to Miami for the LA Galaxy. So a lot of stuff to get to tonight to help me do all of that. He's back. It's the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? Hey, you know what? The Galaxy are done with their uh, East Coast road trips now. No more. This is it. That was it was it was successful. They got they got 100% of the points that they needed out of their East Coast road trip. Well, and you know what? In in recognition of the Galaxy's return to uh, their former splendor, I am wearing an old school people that are watching can see this, an old school San Paolo football club shirt. This is in honor of Juninho and Marcelo Sarvis, who were part of those great Galaxy teams. So, we're back and so we decided to take this out. We also have the official corner of the galaxy panda, panda mascot panda right mascot. here very good get rid of him okay He's done all right good so yeah i'm, I'm glad we got all that um i'm sort of settled and i mean crazy weekend can we just start about the weekend friday saturday sunday mls games from you know basically beginning to end um it, it seems like there are more teams every year oh wait there are more there teams. Are. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you know um just a fun i don't know it's fun. It's fun to see fans back in the stadiums, uh, even if you're in inner Miami in the supporter section and they were all jumping on top of each other. And apparently there's no social distancing in that particular section. And somebody who was there said inner Miami literally said there's no social distancing in that and apparently don't need it. That's fine. It's, Flo yeah. it's Florida. <laughs> I know. They're, Their governor is is nuts. And and they don't have apparently they don't have. Good. But regardless. It was it was fun to watch. It was fun to see. There were about eight thousand people at the game. That was fun yeah, to watch. You, you know, know what? You said seventy nine thirty nine is the official attendance right. figure. I thought it was a lot more than that. Those stands look really full. They must have put all seventy three hundred people or seventy nine hundred people in one area. Yeah, it, it feels that way a little bit. I know there were a bunch of Galaxy fans who were out there. So gal traveling Galaxy fans were out there as well. Um, I hope everybody had a safe trip out. It was just. It, it was nice to get back to soccer. It was nice to get back to what I'm almost feel is, you know, a normalcy in, in terms of watching games, fans being in the stands, 34 game season on its way. 
Um, you know, lots of these things are are, are just really positive signs as, as sports teams now get vaccinated. Um, and, and eventually, um, you know, hopefully we move into the summertime and this becomes, you know, the crowds grow. Um, I know I think the Galaxy are expecting that crowds will grow uh, somewhat in the summer as long as those health restrictions get lifted. So, um, you know, Sunday's coming up and the LA Galaxy get to host fans at Dignity Health Sports Park since uh, for the first time in over a year. So all things said, um, a, a wonderful opening weekend, some really fun games to watch. I don't know if everybody got to watch a whole bunch of them. There's a lot, there's a lot of games to watch now, um, but it, it was fun for me. I don't know. What would what, you think, Kevin? Well, there's more games to watch because there's more teams, as, as we've established. Yes. But, you know, when you talk about the attendance, did you see um, Jonathan Bond's quote? It was very interesting. He talked about the number of Galaxy fans there and how surprised he was. Here's a guy from that played in the Premier League, right? you know, where fans are just rabid, as we know, and they travel really well. He said he was surprised by, by the the, uh, the noise the Galaxy section made. He, he looked up there and said it wasn't as many people as he thought it would be, but still very impressive, he said, with COVID and everything else. And he said he talked to a friend who had flown out from L.A., and he said his entire plane was filled with Galaxy fans. And and Jonathan Bond, again, a guy who played 10 years in England, right. was floored by this and and, and gave a shout-out in the post-game press conference to the fan groups that came out. How about, I mean, you know, we're, we'll jump a little bit ahead, but, I mean, Jonathan Bond, what a what a, a debut performance for him. It was exactly what you wanted. Uh, it, it's like, uh, it, it's like uh, the whole collective fan base for the LA Galaxy saw a goalkeeper that looked competent, confident, and was able to go out and ply his trade without being flashy or anything else. He had to make, he made six saves on the night. It's not like he wasn't busy. And could have had a clean sheet. I mean, if you, if you say the first goal was offside, which the ruling was it wasn't, so it's a goal. And then the second one was a controversial penalty called. Maybe it shouldn't have been a penalty. It was. They scored. So they got two goals, but it, it was that close to being no goals. Yeah, it, 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 it's a lot of fun. So Galaxy get a 3-2 victory. Let's go a, a little bit over the timeline here of stuff, and then we'll get into the, to a little bit of the game. Uh, on Saturday, and obviously we've been following the Sebastian Legette investigation by Major League Soccer. Um, they've been watching Legette, and so we were wondering whether or not he would play. Kevin, you reported that he was on the plane, that he was headed towards um, you know, Miami, and so that sort of said, okay, well, if MLS is going to do anything now, Kevin, then they're going to do it. Um, and then what? They're going to suspend him while he's already traveled all the way across the country. If you'll remember, Julian Araujo, who picked up a red card in the last game of the LA Galaxy's 2020 season, didn't travel. He was in LA because he is suspended. He's not going to go with the team to sit on the flight and, and not go there and, and do that stuff. That's usually what suspended players would do. So Sebastian Legette, Kevin, you reported he's on the plane. He's on his way to Miami. Yeah, at that point, they can't suspend him because you've told Greg Vanny, here's your, you know, Greg Vanny's picked his squad that he wants to play. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden he gets to Miami and you say, oh, no, 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 he's suspended. You can't do that. I think once he got on the plane, uh, the league didn't say anything, but the Galaxy had a pretty good indication that he was going to be eligible to play. And he was. Yeah, yeah. And so then on Saturday, um, I think it was on Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday morning. Uh, I talked to the LA Galaxy just asking and inquiring about Sebastian Jet. We hadn't heard anything. I was told that there would be news a little bit later. Uh, I was then informed of the news. Um, and I basically I tweeted out LA Galaxy tell me that Sebastian Jet has been cleared to play this weekend. That is a very important parsing of words there. Not cleared to play for the rest of the season without any repercussions and the investigation is over. None of that got said. Um, what did get said was that he was cleared to play the weekend um, and that's it. He's cleared to play the weekend. It doesn't mean the investigation is over, Kevin. It doesn't mean the MLS is just going to let this go away. That may end up being the case. I don't know. Um, but, you know, as it goes, this investigation is still open, Kevin. And if it's still open, 
then the LA Galaxy still have a possibility of losing Sebastian Legette for this game coming up this weekend or the game against Seattle or the game against LAFC. Any of these, you know, next three games are, are really in play again. But but how do you as MLS say, do, do that? Because there was a week lapse between Sebastian Legette's mistake and the first game. They had a week to investigate. Okay, and then you let him play on a nationally televised game on ABC. It's a big game for the league. It's important. It's a nationally televised game on a major over-the-air network, and you let him play, and then you suspend him for a home game against New York Red Bulls or maybe the, the, the Seattle game? No, you can't do that. You can't – You can't, if he plays that first game, I, I think MLS has to let him play. They can't come back retroactively and say, oh, two weeks later, nothing's changed in the investigation, but now we've decided – to level a suspension. Why? Because the game's not on national TV. I mean, I mean, the other part about this too, and by the way, let's separate here for a second what Sebastian Legette said and what the league is doing. Kevin and I are talking about what the league is doing and how that is not necessarily matching up with um, really how an investigation should be carried out in terms of the guy admitted it. The guy said he was sorry. There's video of it. You talk to him. The investigation is over at this point. What more is there to investigate? If you're stalling out and allowing him to play in games and then you're going to suspend him later, then you have to admit that you're doing that so that way you could have him play in a nationally televised game against a team um, and you want your U.S. men's national team player to be out there. That's what you're doing if you're if you're sort of putting this out here. Um, and so for me, uh, again, I, I know what you're saying. I get where, you're, where your sort of stance is there, Kevin. Um, and I will take all of that and throw it out the window and say MLS will do whatever MLS wants to do. And I don't think they really care about the optics in terms of what that's going to look like later. It seems like they're cherry picking this and however they're cherry picking it, you know, this is this well, is how it's going to look. Well, here's where the league's in a difficult spot. There is a template. There, there is a precedent. People have made uh, anti-gay comments before on the field in the heat of battle against an opponent. And they were suspended. And I think the, the, the suspension is now three games. That's what it's been in the past. The difference here is Sebastian said it in training. He said it to a teammate. It wasn't in the heat of battle. He posted it, then admitted it, and did a series of mea culpas. There is a, a lot of extenuating evidence here. And I talked to Landon Donovan today. People say I don't tell who I'm talking to. Okay, Landon Donovan, I'm name dropping. I spoke to Landon Donovan today about a number of things. And we talked about when he pulled his team off the field, uh, when one of his players, Colin Martin, who is gay, was subject of an anti-gay uh, um, uh, taunt from an opponent. And Landon pulled his team off the field. So he, And then his friendship and what he did for Robbie Rogers, I think Landon Donovan's credibility on this issue was pretty good. And I asked him about Sebastian Legette and, you know, knowing Sebastian Legette as he does. And, and Landon didn't tell me whether he thought he should be suspended or not, but he said there is room for nuance. And he said you have to take that into consideration. Did the player say it in a way to humiliate or to demean somebody else? No. Did he say it in the heat of battle uh, to an opponent? No. Did he, and then this is Landon's big case, did he learn from it and did he apologize for it? Yes, yes. So, I, again, Landon didn't say what should, should happen to Sebastian. He didn't want to go that far. But he did say that this is a case that differs from the others. And right. he thinks the, a case can be made that this should be treated differently than the others. Here, here's here's sort of the final world. I, I don't want to re our whole idea here in giving you this update is to tell you that one, the investigation is not over. And two is the LA galaxy could still lose Sebastian Legette uh, for upcoming games. So on the soccer side of things, that's where we're at here is, and I want to sort of make it clear because I think uh, rightfully so I got 
called out uh, by a couple listeners. And Kevin, you asked for some listener responses, and we got some some good listener response. We got some people from the LGBTQ plus uh, you know uh, community. We got some people um, who are Latino and LGBTQ plus. Um, and so you know, seeing their point of view certainly helps bring this in. And again, I, I, listen, I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn. I'm here to try to do as much as I can. I will say this: that from everything I've seen, I don't like the word. There are other words to use. And if I'm doing the speaking, then I would I would certainly find another word or other ways to say what I want to say without using that word, because that word alienates people. Talk to people who are in the LGBTQ plus in the Latino community. Listen to what they have said. Bottom line, it comes down to that word can be used to insult people who are who are LGBTQ plus um, Latino um, and that alienates them from the game. So from my point of view, I would say find a different word to use what you want to use. I understand that you've used it in a certain way and in a certain context and everything else. My my take on it is try not to alienate people. I want as many people watching soccer as possible. That's that's hopefully I, I've made that clear. And if not, I'm making that clear that that's that's my stance on it. Let's try to use other words here. Well, let me, a couple of things on that. Here's something you may not know about me. I actually lived in Nicaragua for a while, and that's where I learned to speak Spanish. And uh, anyone who's familiar with the Spanish in Nicaragua is very different from other countries like Mexico. Um, there are words that you use in everyday conversation in Nicaragua that mean what you intend for them to mean there that you would never use in polite conversation in other countries. The, the words have different meanings in different countries. For whatever reason, this word has a bad meaning here. And it, it, it offends people. And if it offends one out of every 10, if it offends 10% of the people, why force it down their throat? Why not just use a, another word? You can use another word. Um, and people saying Sebastian Legette didn't understand what he meant. Sebastian Legette grew up speaking Spanish. It's his first language. His whole family's from Argentina. Sebastian Legette understands what the word meant. He apologized for it. And he said, I shouldn't have used that word. So anyone who's saying, I'm Latino and I know that that word is fine. No, you don't. Um, it offends somebody. If it offends somebody, don't use it. Let, let's try. Let's seriously. Let's try not to use it. So that's where we stand. Let's move on. L.A. Galaxy then travels. Sebastian Legette is available for the game. This is the timeline that it goes through. Okay. Uh, they traveled on Friday. They got there Friday evening. Friday afternoon. Uh, they flew from Long Beach, by the way, to Fort Lauderdale Airport. Kevin, as you were so so rightfully right. put out. Uh, by the way, seven thirty seven seven thirty seven uh, on Sun Country, and Sun Country is a real airline, and they also have charters. Um, and so it this is was a charter. This is a charter flight as we know uh so they landed in fort lauderdale apparently fort lauderdale international airport's like right down the road from the stadium i, I believe about two freeway exits yeah so anyone uh, who's been there before if they remember the old baltimore orioles new york yankee spring training facility that is the stadium you're gonna answer that phone or are you just you, you're gonna let it rock and roll did you get breaking news is that what we have do we have some breaking well, news we're, wait, we're waiting for the galaxy to tell us what happened i know i know so anybody who heard the vibration there that was kevin's phone i promise i, I saw i saw yeah, him pick it think. up you i saw him pick it up um so anyway so um, no, that's where we have. So Sebastian Legette is there. They fly into Fort Lauderdale. They get there. They train on Saturday. They go in and they play on Sunday. Apparently in training, by the way, I'll tell you right now, Sasha Kleschen says that he hit a goal with his right foot that was very similar to the game winner that he scored with his left foot. Uh, and he talked about that in training and he was sort of laughing about it. He goes, you know, I, I scored a pretty similar goal. Uh, yes. You know, in training yesterday uh, with my right foot. And he goes, and then I hit one with my left foot on this side. So he was just sort of saying how good that felt. But here we go. We get a starting lineup. I was told that there would be one sort of surprise, little surprise uh, in this. And I think the the surprise certainly was that um, Adam Saldana was going to get the start in the center. And it wasn't a surprise. You predicted that. You predicted that. And, and, and the only reason that we're saying it's not a surprise, right, is because in the preseason, we saw Saldana playing. 
Um, we saw him play well. We saw him earn a chance to be in this starting lineup, Kevin. And I have no problems with guys who have gone out, do the work uh, of, of getting chances in this. And quite honestly, with the lack of wings right now that the LA Galaxy have, they need somebody to pair with Jonathan Dos Santos. I think eventually Jonathan Dos Santos is going to be in there paired with either Sebastian Legette or Victor Vasquez in that same formation that Saldana is there with Jonathan Dos Santos. Perhaps you invert the triangle a little bit and have two attackings and one uh, CD and maybe Jonathan Dos Santos is that CDM. Maybe it's not. Maybe we've talked so much about a central defensive midfielder here that the LA Galaxy want one, that Greg Vanny wants one, all this stuff, Kevin. You realize, and we were talking about this in the Discord, that if you get a central defensive midfielder and you put them into this lineup right now and you have Kevin Cabral and you have Grand Sir, the, or, or Grand, Grand Sia, um, if you do that, then either Victor Vasquez or Sebastian Legette goes to the bench. That's what happens if you get a central defensive midfielder and you have all the other positions filled. So well, I thought Victor Vasquez was interesting in that he was supposed to be that central midfielder, attacking midfielder, and he wound up when the Galaxy were really on firing on all cylinders. He was playing wide. He can play wide. I think Vanny gives him sort of the, and you saw it on the other side with uh, Rodolfo Pizarro, right? Because Pizarro was all over the place as well. He was floating in and out of different spaces. I think Victor Vasquez can do that. So um, when we look at the starting lineup, uh, what do we get? We get Chicharito up top. That was not a surprise. Grant Sierra on the left. Um, Leggett on the right. Vasquez in the center with Saldana and Jonathan Dos Santos. You had Jorge Villafania. Nick DePew gets that start. We thought maybe Jalen Neal would be put in there. That is not the case. I have a feeling that Jalen Neal might be a G2 guy and then he got a lot of good work in the preseason and now we're going to see him back with Galaxy 2 for most of the season. You had Nick DePew in there with Dan Starris and then you had O'Neal Fisher who was starting and making his LA Galaxy debut. As a matter of fact, six players making their LA Galaxy uh, debut for this one. Uh, Kevin Bond, Fisher, Villafania, Saldana, Grandsieur, Vasquez, all Galaxy debuts and Bond, Saldana, Grandsieur, all making their MLS debuts as well. So, um, a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, sort of debutantes in this particular case. If if you go back and just look at the starting lineups from last year to this year, Kevin, what a turnover! And we've talked so much about the LA Galaxy having to do a ton in this off season, but really, when we look at it, look at that starting lineup and tell me that there isn't just a ton of turnover. Well, there is, but the one thing that and the, and the reason we're wearing the throwback San Paulo jersey is because I think that game on Sunday. Um, you know, we, we could be had, talking a totally different story in a month, but I liked a lot of things I saw Sunday, and it did feel like back to the future. And the reason I say that is everything good you wanted to happen happened. Chicharito got the two goals. He's got his confidence back. They were important goals. He played well. They were classic Chicharito goals, by the way. If anyone hasn't watched Chicharito throughout his career, one was – the first one was movement in the box. Um, that's one of the, 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 his key talents is being able to move around the box and, and have defenders always have to worry where he was. That first goal was that, was his movement, his run on the ball. The second one, it was a poach goal. It was the ball came to him. He was in the right place at the right time. That's not a knock on him. That's how he scores goals. That's how he's been successful. He did – Chicharito, I thought, had a great last 30 minutes for sure, and he did everything that – we know that he can do. Um, I thought the other great thing that happened is, is Greg Vanny made a change in the second half and he brought Zubek on and that changed the game. There was a technical change. There was a formation change. Vasquez went out wide. Zubek came in a little bit. 
those were things that didn't happen last year with with Guillermo. There was a tactical change at halftime to address the way the game was going. We didn't see that at all last year. And then the other thing, Sasha Kleshin, it's longest he over two years without a goal, his longest streak of his career. He's a he's yes, he's a role player. He's a guy who's going to come off the bench, but he's dangerous. That helps his confidence. It's a step forward. It's the game-winning goal. Bond played fantastic in goal. Remember, this is the team that gave up 237 goals in the last four seasons. Uh, more Only San Jose gave up more goals. They gave up one more. So, uh, you know, we it, the Galaxy were strong in goal. Chicharito flashed his old brilliance up front. Sasha Kleschen and Zubek came off the bench and made important contributions. I don't know how you could say that you wanted anything more out of that game. Yeah, I think the only thing, and, and certainly through the first 60 minutes of this game, the LA Galaxy labored through that game. I mean, and and I'm on board with all of your positives, by the way. Um, I think that what what the LA Galaxy gained from this particular um, game is, is so much bigger than just the result of what it is. And Chicharito talked about it. Uh, Sasha Kleschen talked about it. It was about working hard and getting results because you work hard, right? It's, I'm on the right path. What we're doing has already been validated in these guys' mind. You can hear it when they're talking. So when we talk about a culture change, right? A culture shift, things that happen. It's not just about, oh, well, we want you to feel good about playing for the LA Galaxy. And we want you to realize that every time you put on the shirt, there's five stars on it. Those five stars can either be worn lightly, be worn heavily, or be worn sort of in ignorance and not understanding what it means, right? And yeah, or meaning nothing to someone yeah. who flies in from Spain or France. Right, and, and it could mean nothing. That's not what you're seeing here. You are seeing guys buying in to Greg Vanny game one. That is such an important thing to take away from this game. Listen, game one, overreactions are, are ripe here. I certainly understand that. You know, we're all going to sit there. Um, you know, people are ready to go ahead and get into their statue for for Ethan Zubak again. And, you know, just because he comes in as a, as a sub and rightfully so changes the game. Greg Vanny was very positive about what he is and what he did, but not just because he was playing in a striker role. And I actually asked Greg because I wanted to make sure I wasn't in the preseason, Kevin, we saw Ethan Zubak playing out wide, right? We saw him playing as a winger. And mostly we're like, he's a placeholder right now because the LA Galaxy are missing their wingers. They didn't have Grant Serra in. We don't know about Kevin Cabral when he's going to be in it yet. So we knew that Zubak was playing this, this placeholder position. So whenever they brought Zubak on, it was sort of assumed that he was going to play out wide. And that's not what he did. And so I asked Greg Vanny after the game, and I said, you know, basically I said, you know, Greg, I saw in the preseason you played Zubek out wide and he wasn't really much of a forward or a striker in this one or a striker in those games. But in this game, he, I feel like he was playing a striker. Am I wrong? Did, did I miss see that? And he's like, no, I played him as a striker. Um, but really, you know, it's not about where he was playing. It's about what attributes he brings. And I thought that's a really interesting thing to say because people have been jumping up and down, Kevin, about getting uh, Javier Hernandez, Chicharito, getting him help up top that he works better in a two forward or a two man forward system. Right. And what happens is he puts a forward up there and Chicharito scores two goals. The first goal, by the way, I don't know. I mean, we we're used to seeing beautiful goals, right? You saw Zlatan Ibrahimovic do goals that you're like, I don't even know how he did that. And your jaw would hit the floor and all that stuff. But if you want to talk about the, the perfect prototypical striker, nine sort of, um, you know, a guy who plays on the floor more than he plays in the air, that Chicharito goal was absolutely perfect. One touch, half turn, finish through the five hole on the goalkeeper. 
Um, everything about it was perfect, and it started because Ethan Zubak was direct. And it wasn't direct in that particular case. It wasn't even direct as a forward. That was direct as a winger because he was pl being played out wide, uh, and he was moving that ball in. So, I mean, there's so much to take away from this, and you're hoping that Greg Vanny learns something about this as well for Chicharito's sake. But there's there's so many positives. The buy-in, the fight, the comeback, all that stuff is such a huge thing for what I would consider a delicate team right now over the last couple of years. Well, you make a number of good points. Um, uh, amazingly enough, wow. but let, let's uh, the the, and I am overreacting too. Like I said, I saw a lot of good things. Again, I saw Chicharito bust out. I saw Jonathan Bond play really well. I saw guys come off the bench and make an impact. And I saw a role player, a veteran role player, who has a very um, distinct uh, um, role on this team win the game with a goal off the bench. So there's a lot of good things. But let's go back and remember it was a, they played against a team that didn't have a preseason game. It was playing for the first time this calendar year. It was in 32-degree 30, temperatures, as Jonathan Bond said, uh, made the point that that was Celsius, so it was over 90 degrees. Humidity, um, remember the guy, it was, it was, what, one to nothing at 60 minutes, right? Yes. So they were losing for the first hour, and then they wore uh, Inner Miami down. That's one of the things that happened. That's that's not to take away from the win, but that's just to say this was a fatigue team that hadn't played. So, yeah, it was a good win. A lot of good things happened. Does it mean anything when they play New York Red Bulls on Sunday back at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park? No, that all goes out the window. But if you we have one game to base everything on right now and that game was pretty good especially the last 25 minutes 30 minutes yeah i mean you know let's talk about the first 60 minutes a little bit um the la galaxy and i thought you know, listen i thought jonathan dos santos had a poor game i thought adam saldana had a poor game now you again we we live so much in this bubble sometimes kevin where and and i catch myself doing it too is when you watch the game from from a perspective of the team that you're covering, it's so often that you see mistakes from the team instead of good play from the other team, right? And I thought Pizarro on uh, Miami was their best player. He was dangerous. He was popping up all over the place. He was causing the LA Galaxy fits. Uh, Matuidi was good in the center as well. He was forcing mistakes from the LA Galaxy central midfielders, and then that was leading to turnovers. And certainly, it, it wasn't great nights. So Saldana looked like it was his first game in Major League Soccer. Guess what? It was, it, his, was. it was his first game in Major League Soccer. Kevin, I'm not surprised. And, you know, I think people get shy away from criticizing him because it's his first game in Major League Soccer. He he looked slow. He looked like he it looked like the game was too fast. Which is, by the way, he went through the preseason looking like he was easily going to be able to match all this. There is a difference between preseason and real games where people are trying to I, kick so and hurt you. So many players in every sport that tell me the difference between preseason and 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 the real season. Soccer, hockey, baseball is the speed. It's just like everybody turns it up a notch. And so that that's not surprising at all to hear him say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's my take on, on Saldana is, is it was just too fast. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not going to be good. That doesn't mean that he shouldn't get another chance. Right now, I think he's one of the best options in that position at that place. So, I have no problems with the, with the LA Galaxy looking for you know Adam Saldanium continuing to build him up. It just wasn't a great game for him. Guess what? Jonathan Dos Santos is can be one of the best box to box midfielders in Major League Soccer whenever he's on. Kevin, he was not on on Sunday. Um, you know, and and they they also get unfortunately they get colored with sort of the pencil. Anybody who got subbed off before you know things really changed get colored with the well you weren't very good because the LA Galaxy weren't very good. And then everybody who was on the field for the last thirty minutes is like Sebastian Legette. Sebastian Legette had a 
MIA, which is funny, missing in action. He had a missing in action game. MIA is also the the abbreviation for Miami, by the way. Um, but they went to Fort Lauderdale. So. But they were at Fort Lauderdale, so it was a yeah. different thing, yeah. Um, but, uh, it, you know, Sebastian Lynch was missing in action for most of that game. But guess what? He got the, he got the little layoff to Sasha Kleshin, and Kleshin was able to bury the left-footed shot that gives the LA Galaxy the win. Um, so there's so many things that can color the way that you look at things. And so for me, I didn't like Saldana's play. I didn't like Jonathan Dos Santos's play. I thought O'Neal Fisher playing 90 minutes in the heat and humidity. What, where did that come from? Because he played, I think 40 minutes in the last preseason game. And all of a sudden he's able to stretch it like almost another 60 minutes. Whenever you add in the extra time and everything like that, unbelievable showing just in terms of fitness for him to be able to stay on the field for 90 minutes, Kevin, that was, that was impressive for me. Well, and Nick, too. I'm not even going to try to say his last name because I was screwed up. A couple of great, great uh, uh, oh, saves, yeah. or sliding saves. Maybe he was beat by a step on a couple. Maybe. I don't know. But he recovered and made the play, and that's what's important. The only the only thing that I always say about guys who make a lot of sliding tackles and stuff like that is you're in emergency defending mode, right? You're in panic mode. This is last chance. You better make a sliding tackle because otherwise, you know, Gonzalo Higuain is going to go and stuff this ball in the back of the net if you don't make that tackle. Uh, having said that, Nick DePew made those tackles. He was in the right position whenever it happened, and he recovered and was able to do it, and you tip your hat to that as well. You have to say, that's good. I would rather they not get put in that position, I think is, is sort of the thing that Greg Vanny would uh, would. would highlight um but you know the LA Galaxy didn't generate a lot of shots I'm going to show you Kevin um I'm going to show you a chart and I'm going to show uh, everybody who's who's watching I'm going to show you a chart as well we always talk about uh, expected goals and and there's a game flow chart which I always think is interesting and it sort of shows you um perhaps you know where the chances came from in terms of which team if, if, if yeah. you're listening only you won't see this chart no, and guess why? I'm going to tell you something that's amazing about this chart. Normally, I will extol that, yes, this tells the story of the LA Galaxy versus Inter-Miami and where the chances came from and who had a better chance at things and blah, blah, blah. Miami had a 2.42 expected goals, uh, expected goals average, and the LA Galaxy had a 1.25. So Miami probably should have scored maybe another goal if you look at their two goals and they were, at, they were averaging 2.42 on the expected goals, and the Galaxy outperformed their expected goals. Here's why in this particular case, and here's why we use our eyes, Kevin, and this is, we talk about analytics all the time. Analytics are a supplement to what you're seeing. This is why you can take this chart, you can crumble it up, and you can throw it away, is because if you look at the chances the LA Galaxy created, uh, Sasha Kleshin's goal at the end was actually one of the highest rated chances, as it should be. Um, you know which goal was the lowest chance created? Was, was Chicharito's second goal. Now, that's the one where he finished it from six inches away from the line. Um, and it was a re and, and give Zubek credit for that one too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so, you know, when we looked at expected goals, it's like, listen, I expect Chicharito is going to bury it from six inches out. Okay. Usually that's a pretty high percentage play in there, but because it's based on the chances, it's because it's based on the initial ball in the initial ball was dangerous. Zubak might've almost got a header on it. If he gets a header on it, he may have scored that goal. He doesn't. His interference in that play causes McCarthy, the goalkeeper for Miami, to bobble that ball. Can you imagine what LA Galaxy fans would write, be saying right now about Jonathan Bond if Jonathan Bond was, uh, I think, John McCarthy um, uh, for for Miami? Can you? They would say that 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 Bond screwed up, right? And the whole deal. Where instead we're looking at it again, how we color things, how we look at things. We're looking at it as. Ethan Zubak was in the right place at the right time, and Chicharito was in the right place at the right time. And that ended up being, I think, the most dangerous chance the LA Galaxy scored on. And if you look at the XG, 
it tells you that it wasn't a very dangerous chance at all. And that's, that's not what tells you whenever you look at your eyes on that chance, just to, to relive the goal, a long cross from Vasquez on the left wing. Uh, again, he's playing, he's playing on the, on the wing. He's not in the middle where he's supposed to be long cross. Subek, who's now in the middle leaps, it goes over his head, but he inter- doesn't actually touch or interfere with the goalkeeper, but the goalkeeper is watching him. And when the ball goes over his head, he's surprised, hits him in the hand, Chicharito, who is not following the ball, who is racing toward the goal, thinking that it might go over Zubek's head, is right in a perfect position. And by the way, a, a apparently a devoted listener to this show is Kevin Hartman. So shout out to Kevin Hartman for teaching Jonathan Bond how to make six saves. That, Very that, good job. Good good job. Good job, uh, Kevin. Uh, and he has a great first name. I'm sure you'll agree with that, right? Well, and but he doesn't speak a lot of Spanish, and his name is Gato. And I told him, look, learn Spanish or change it to cat. You can't <laughs> change it to the cat. I think I think Gato gets to keep it however he wants to. But yeah, uh, Kevin's always very nice. Always uh, sending notes through uh, through LA Galaxy PR over here um, to me as well. So uh, Kevin has been on our show before. We'll get him back on for sure. He'll he'll come. You know what? If you if you're not a long term Galaxy fan, you really need to look up Kevin Hartman's record. He was unbelievable. He he was so, he was so much fun. I mean, even me who came in way late on this, I think he was playing for Dallas whenever I came in, um, and and was sort of watching things. And so, um, yeah, Kevin Hartman's a great guy, and and now the goalkeeper coach. A lot of a lot of, uh, again, all the ties to the old LA Galaxy teams too, with Kalichman, with Hartman, uh, with Vanny. There's a there's a there's a good list there. You know, I talked to Hartman, Vanny, Kalichman, and Kobe Jones before the start of the season about bringing this new coaching staff, Kobe's not part of it, but he's a broadcaster, bringing these guys together and trying to rebuild what the Galaxy once had. And they, to a person, told me it is so much more important or so much easier to do it with guys who were there at the start that understand what this is about, how it started. You can't do that with the New York Yankees. That was 150 years ago. All those people are dead. But you can do it with the Galaxy 26 years later. And Kalichman said, "We it means more to us, not that any other coach isn't going to work hard, but we had that crest in our shit when the first star went up and we know what it meant. And, 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 and they work hard um, to bring the team back. And, and again, when you look at the great players in galaxy history, the Kobe's, the Landon's, the Beckham's, all those people, Hartman is probably in the top three or four, maybe on that list. When you look at the things that he accomplished, he, he, he's a great guy. So anyway, shout out to, uh, to, to Kevin there. Um, not you, Kevin, the other Kevin. Gato. Shout, shout out me. Yeah. Gato. No, no, I don't have to shout you out. You're cat, right here. The cat. Um, back to the game just a little bit. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting talking to Chicharito afterwards. And you were talking about how, how positive it is to get him off. I mean, you know, 70 minutes in the first game, he matches his total goal total of, of I think, 12 appearances last year. In an 11-minute span. Yeah, in an 11-minute span. Uh, somebody said, as if we keep up that rate of scoring, um, the LA Galaxy, if they keep up that rate of scoring, that we'll score nine goals a game. That was what somebody said that. I thought that was, that was I'm like, I like that. I, li- I like the positivity in that. Um, but I was talking to Chicharito afterwards, and if you haven't seen all of his press that he did afterwards, you should. Um, his his interview with ABC afterwards with, uh, with Twelman and John Champion, um, where he said he was holding back tears and just the thing again you know talking to him afterwards i got this sense of relief um and and you want that you want him to to feel the confidence kevin you want him to feel um a lessening of the pressure you didn't want the pressure building through this game right we talked about it if he gets off to a slow start if he's not if he didn't score any goals and now you go into the next game and now he knows he has to that pressure keeps ratcheting up and up and up and people are going to say here it goes again you know the whole deal blah 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 the whole and and, and, as it goes but what we saw from chicharito his ability because i asked him a question 
I, I'm not going to say he lied to me, but I don't believe his answer whenever I said, you know, were you getting frustrated in the first half? If you saw him playing, you could see him getting frustrated, whether it was frustrated with him, frustrated with the Galaxy, however it was, he was not getting the chances. Look at that heavy, heavy touch he took in the box in the first half on a on a ball, I think that was crossed in from Sebastian Legette, Um, that if Chicharito takes it cleanly, maybe he hits it first time, maybe he has a clean trap and he shoots, but he gets a shot off. In this particular case, he kind of clunked it um, and the ball got away from him and then there was sort of a scramble to get it nobody got it in the box and you know you could see him throwing his hands up he was frustrated um at least that's what his body language told me he told me afterwards he wasn't frustrated again i i'll, I'll, I'll believe what i see instead of all that saying that the joy that he had from scoring those two goals the the positive sort of outlook that now we take that forward um I mean, it can make and break a Galaxy season. Again, first game of hyperbole, Kevin. Absolutely. But at the same time, if he doesn't score two goals, are you sitting here and telling, oh, he's going to be fine? You can't say that he's going to be fine. Well, he's on pace for 68 goals this year, which is great. <laughs> right. But, I mean, all you have to do is look back to last year and see his first game in Houston, the 1-1 draw. Um, he played okay, not great, probably a little bit disappointed. But it was his first time out, and I remember the press conference afterwards where he felt upbeat, like, I got this under my belt. It's okay. We're going. And then the second game where they lost to Vancouver at home and he didn't play well, that was the one where he blew off the press conference, and then all of a sudden everything closed down, and he had to live with that for four months. That snowballed. There's no question that that the first game leading to the second game and the disappointment in not scoring – that snowball. Now it's going to go the other direction. What if he doesn't score against the New York Red Bulls? And and what if the Galaxy lose and Chicharito doesn't score? No biggie. He had the first game. It's past him now. That stuff absolutely does build. And I think Chicharito got a get-out-of-jail-free card for, I don't know, probably. The, it, I, I anticipate he's going to have a good season. But if he... It, the point is he's, he has shown that he is still there, and I think he gets a little bit of a flyer for the next couple of games if he struggles a little bit because he's shown that he can do it. Uh, I just think for his self-confidence, for the team's confidence, um, it was a great first-game performance. That that game happens in the fourth or fifth game of the season. We're not talking about it the same way. You know, I, I think Greg Vanny is, is very much, and, you know, we talked about uh, Ethan Zubak and sort of what he did whenever he came on. Uh, everybody complimented all the subs. There is a belief, Kevin, on this team and it's hard, and I've seen it before, but it's hard to sort of put your finger on it whenever it, whenever it's not there. Uh, but when it is there, you can tell is that the guys coming off the bench, Sebastian Legette, uh, the guys like Ethan Zubak, they come in because they know they want to make a difference in the game. And they have to believe it's not about being butthurt that they're not starting, right? That's out of their control. They don't get to choose that. That's not how it is. But when they do get minutes, they're expected to perform. And they're holding each other accountable for that. But there's a... There's almost a competition with it is that, great, bring me off the bench and I'm going to score a goal. I'm going to change the game. I'm going to do it because every single person on this team, roster spot one through roster spot 30, is important to the success of this team. And you can see that. Sasha Kleshin clearly is a journeyman. He knows what he's talking about whenever he says it, so it's not surprising to see him. But you hear it over and over again. It's not... It's not lip service. You can tell the difference between lip service and not lip service. You can see the frustration. This is not a frustrated team. Greg Vanny made four subs before the 77th minute. That was all the subs he could use because he used three stoppages. Four subs before the 77th minute. Neville, uh, Phil Neville on the other side um, said basically that, you know, he was going to have planned subs and the whole deal ended up making I think four of his or three of his four subs after the 81st minute after the LA galaxy had already taken the lead. 
You're talking about a manager now, Greg Vanny, who can see things, who can exploit things, and who makes other teams react to him. He's not reacting to them. And when you see that in action, Kevin, it's it's different. Something is different. Well, I think four subs in a game. I mean, I, I don't know if Guillermo used four subs in a month last year, but and and Chitolito talked about it after the game. He he was wearing the captain armband for a purpose. He said this was a team win. Everybody was part of it. All the guys that came off the bench. He goes, I scored the two goals, but I didn't win the game. The whole team won the game. And he talked about Bonzi too. He calls him Bonzi. Yes. Talked about Bon Bonds as well. Um, you know, it was that he considered it a team victory, and he just happened to be the guy that scored the two goals. But said it didn't matter who scored the goals as long as they won. Uh, does it feel like the LA Galaxy team is a little deeper than we thought they were, or was it simply going up against a very shallow team like Miami? Well, you know, I came to this podcast today feeling really positive about the, the Galaxy, and you're talking me down a little bit because, yeah, I do feel that they played really well. Uh, and I, I'm looking at they're not even the whole team's not even here yet. We don't even know if Kevin Cabral is in the country. Apparently he's not. There's another signing coming. There's guys that are not game fit. We didn't have Araujo. Uh, you know, didn't play at all. Um, uh, uh, Williams is not ready to play either. There are guys are going to be coming and going. So this was not the Galaxy team that we expected. And I remember going into the game having very low expectations, thinking the Galaxy would win, but not thinking that we'd be talking about what a dynamic victory it was. So I'm trying to now, in talking to you, I'm trying to dial it back a little bit. It was a pretty poor Miami team playing for the first time this year in really stifling heat and humidity. So we have to take that into consideration. But if you just look at the performance, yeah. I mean, they looked deeper. The The coaching was excellent. Um, the team play was good. Goalkeeping was good. We saw a lot of things that we haven't seen for a long time. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the, uh, according to Larry Morgan, crack COG research team, Larry Morgan, and only Larry Morgan, uh, he says it's the first win on the road in a season opener since 2011. Uh, so again, you have to parse that out, right? So on the road, the LA Galaxy actually don't usually start on the road as much. Uh, Kevin, most of the time through their history, they have started at home, but they have had some way starts on occasion. So, uh, first win on the road in a season opener since 2011. I'll tell you this. It's the first time everybody's making a big deal about starting the season off with three points, right? Um, it happened in 2019. I believe they started with, uh, with three points. Uh, I think it happened the year before in 2018. Uh, I think in 2017, they lost that that year. Um, but it, it's not unusual to have for the first game for the LA galaxy, sort of, uh, regardless of what the outcome is for them to win. Having said that, uh, the LA galaxy haven't lost. I think this was, uh, I'm trying to remember the stats cause I sort of did them in my head real quick before we started, but, um, I believe this is, uh, there have only been four losses to start a season, uh, since 2008. So it's, it's a string of, of games to start a season that the LA galaxy have been somewhat successful in. Well, I have some trivia too. Yes. Larry talked about the first one on the road since 2011. You know, the Galaxy have never won a road game on July 4th, ever, 26 I, years. <laughs> 26 because they've never played anywhere. But they always play. That's right. They're always at home. And you talk about the three points in the first game of the season as if it's important. It has no effect on the U.S. Open Cup. So I will take my $100. No, I was I was afterwards. I said, U.S. Open Cup, here comes the Galaxy are going. So you owe me $100. All the, the bet was if somebody would mention it, I mentioned it. You owe me $100. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter that it's been canceled. Hey, take it out of my corner of the Galaxy paycheck. Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly do that. I'll multiply that by, uh, you know, I'll just multiply it by whatever I normally pay you and then uh, then you'll get it. Um, so, so I mean, those are things. The only other things I want to point out um, is, is, and you, you hinted at it, you certainly talked about the, the controversy sur uh, surrounding both goals. Um, I, I will say 
that I have a real hard time with the first, uh, the second one, the penalty kick where Pizarro loses control, takes a bad touch and then gets bailed out by a referee. I understand that Viafania is in the way they're saying, you know, like, well, what could Viafania have done differently? Well, um, one is don't hip check him whenever he goes by, because certainly he moved his hip in his direction. Um, but having said that, Pizarro was in no way in control of that ball, not for one second. And if you're a referee and you give a foul and a penalty like that, you're bailing out a guy who certainly knows how to control the ball in tight spaces, Kevin. So that's why I'm sort of against that one. I understand why they called it um, Iguain scored. That will do absolutely nothing for his confidence. It's a penalty kick. It's certainly not going to help him um, in terms of really the, his struggles last year and, and excuse me and now into this year as well the first one though that's the one i have a problem with because one is i thought that um abc slash espn because it was the espn crew on the abc they are both owned by the same parent company there's no, no surprises there um you know, whenever they showed the different angles, there wasn't that clear definitive midfield angle. And certainly you're looking at a temporary stadium in Fort Lauderdale for, for Miami. The camera positions are not perfect. Um, they're okay. Uh, and for the most part, I thought the camera work was fine. Uh, a little preseason-ish uh, in terms of following the action sometimes. That's fine. Uh, but what you saw on the offside is Iguain and whether or not O'Neill Fisher on the far side keeps him on. And whenever you sit there and say, and I saw the the gamut of reactions to this, which is, Kevin, when it's it's VAR, right? The the play is allowed to stand. It goes in. They don't want to overturn the referee unless there's clear and obvious evidence that it is. But I have people out there saying, well, you know, from my eyes, it looked like he was off. But you know what? I'm not going to change that, or I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to I'm not going to make those differences or or do any of that stuff. And for me, I'm sitting there going, if you can't use your eyes in VAR, then why aren't you throwing it away? Because from what I saw, the freeze frame that they provided certainly was that. Iguain was leaning offside. And if you follow the lines in the grass across, which is what we have to do because we're at an angle, it seems like he's more than offside enough to be able to call that back. Um, I think MLS and VAR this year is going to be a lot more hands-off in terms of, unless it's very clear, very obvious, they're not going to do anything. Do, do you feel that's going to be the way? Well, yeah. I mean, I, a couple things. First of all, that was a, a, a Backbreaking goal for the Galaxy in stoppage first half stoppage time after they had not played a good half but looked like they were going to go in the locker room, you know, even. Uh, so that was a backbreaker. That was a that was a tough goal. Um, I I agree with you. I thought he was offside too. Certainly Robinson was way offside. Although you know the way the rules are, that doesn't that doesn't make any difference. Right. But yeah, he was. I, I thought he was offside too. But I do agree that it was very. Once the call was made, you had that that clear evidence, and I don't know that that was there. I agree with you on the other one too. I think the other one was ticky tack. He could have gone either way. He was just inches inside the the, the penalty area, anyways. But I love the way the Galaxy reacted to it. Yeah. Because you can't once the referee makes that call, you can't do anything about it. It's done. It's in the books. You can't stop it. All you can do is let that hurt you going forward. And I think the Galaxy made their case and then they moved on. And certainly they, they took that first goal with them into the locker room. And Greg Vanny said, hey, it's you know, we're down one nothing. We've just got to go get that goal back. It's not, you can't change it, and you just have to move on. You can't. Uh, I see so many teams that let that get in their head, and all of a sudden, a one nothing game becomes four to nothing in the blink of an eye because you're still thinking about that one goal. Yeah, a, a little match stats for you. Uh, LA Galaxy had right around 66, 67 percent possession, um, which was good. But as we mentioned in the first half, there was a lot of possession without intent. Um, but look at those shots. Look yeah, at the shot, shot difference. Shots on goal. Uh, Miami had 18 with eight on target. The LA Galaxy had six with five on target. Guess what? I'll take the six with five any day over the 18 and eight. 
Um, Jonathan Bond forced into six saves. Uh, we know that. And the LA Galaxy's pack your, pa passing accuracy was way up there in 91%. A lot of that comes because they were doing a lot of small passes back and forth in areas. But that's still that's still a good thing to sort of watch. Though. What do you make of they have Miami has a the ball a third of the time and they still get 18 shots? I mean, can you say that there was a lot of there were what? How many how many of those were actually dangerous? Would you say maybe? No, no, they, they weren't many. But just how do you get 18 shots off when you only have the ball for 30 yeah. minutes? Yeah, I mean, they were clear, they were cl they were clearly a counterattack. I mean, that's what they were looking. They were ready to cede possession to the galaxy and, and then counter on the stuff. And listen, it worked out well. I'll tell you. There's a couple things. The old guys, right? We'll call them the old guys. The guys who are closest to my age. They're they're my favorites. Um, the old guys really showed up in this game. Sasha Klesch and Victor Vasquez. Victor Vasquez was one of the best players on the field for the LA Galaxy. Uh, he played really well. Sasha Klesch coming in with that left-footed curler. Just let's stop. Let's appreciate for a moment what Sasha Kleshin was able to do with a left-footed shot, almost no momentum. Um, if I tried to kick that with my left foot, I'd be in traction right now in the hospital because I'm right-footed and my left foot doesn't work very well. But he bends it around a defender. It kisses the post. It goes in. Uh, Miami goalkeeper never moves off his spot. Uh, if there isn't a way to tell David Beckham uh, that uh, welcome to Major League Soccer and that, you know, things aren't going to go your way uh, all the time, that was, I, I think, a perfect one. And t again, a hat tip. Tip of the hat to the old guys in this one, Victor Vasquez and I think uh, Sasha Kleshin combined to be exactly what the LA Galaxy needed them to be in this game. Four guys over thirty on the field at the end. And by the way, did you see that movie Bend It Like Kleshin? I have, I have. It's very popular, very popular. Yeah, yeah he, he he's great. Um, did you see the LA Galaxy put out a video of David Beckham and Raul, a uh, longtime kit man? That was great. That was I showed that to uh, Mrs. Panda last night. Yep, there was there was a hug. And she said, "Who's Raul?" Yeah, that I had explained to her. You, you did. I was gonna say, or you had to kick her out of the house. One of the one or <laughs> one of the two. Uh, Raul is a is an institution, is an LA Galaxy institution, uh, and certainly David Beckham remembers exactly who he is. And so there was a little hug there on the sideline before all that stuff goes on. Now, Kevin, LA Galaxy get a 3-2 win, three points. Uh, that's great. If you're looking at sort of the points by month, uh, my month, the LA Galaxy have already attained 50% of the possible points that they could attain in the month of April and their next game coming up against the New York Red Bulls this weekend uh, with a chance to get 100% of the points in April. Um, so, uh, Which means nothing for the U.S. Open Cup. Just, <laughs> I just want to emphasize that. Hey, they may reinstitute that program later on, and then these games will have counted for the for the U.S. Open but, Cup. But you know what? If, if I know there's talk about the U.S. Open Cup supposedly could come back in the in the fall mls not going to be part of that i don't think i think they're going to have to let it go there's there's too much their schedule congestion and everything else um the big man though or should i say the small man because he's not a big man uh javier chicharito hernandez uh gets named to the mls team of the week not surprising he's up there with Rui diaz who also had uh two goals uh playing for seattle um and barrick for chicago and rodriguez for houston and uh andy canoes for uh for is it canouse i think it's canouse dc United. all those guys drive outies that's it seems that way um that's how it goes so the team of the week he was on there for sure uh, but he was player of the week as well. He was player of the week. Why do you always got to steal? Like, you don't know that Sorry. I'm building up to that. So that way. No, this, I'm not quite sure. It's podcasting one-on-one. You sort of, you lead it up. You can feel the. I, I, I failed that. Yeah, I was going to say. Obviously. Many, many, many times, but I was leading into. Anyway, Chicharito then named player of the week by the North American soccer reporters and a fan vote. Just FYI, I have the voting percentages here for you if you want them. Uh, guess what? You didn't ask him to tell them to you anyway. Uh, Chicharito ended up winning with 41.6% of the total vote. 
Uh, he got 45.7. He got basically 45% of the media vote and almost 30% of the fan vote. Uh, whereas uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz for Seattle uh, finished with 25.5% of the total vote. And that's 20 20% for the media and 41% for the fans. So heavier fan favorite, but certainly Pacific well, Northwest. People try to make that controversial. And they say, well, Rui Diaz, you know, was a tougher opponent and, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. No, you know what? You can't forget last season. That no. figures into what Chicharito did. That's why it was a monumental type performance because he erased all those demons from last year. And if you saw him crying on the field after the game and you still voted for Rui Diaz, you uh you lost you are not a yeah you're not a good person in my book. <laughs> you're not a good person uh just a reminder it's a weighted percentage everybody tries to make this a thing too uh it's a weighted percentage the media the voting media uh we're both voting media did you vote did you vote yesterday or, or this morning I, I, I did not i have a um I, I believe that the uh elections are fixed in mls i am uh, i believe that the the ballot counting is not done fairly so i have I'm boycotting uh, you, you, elections now. You boycott it all. That's fine. Um, I will I will bring you water while you stand in line, though. Thank, you get arrested for that in, in Georgia. Seventy five percent of the um, of the vote is is by the North American soccer reporters, so it's weighted towards the media, which is why the media counts for more of the total votes. So getting forty five percent, yeah, gets forty five percent of the things. Otherwise. Um, the, the reason they do that is they're trying to make it not a popularity contest. It's still a popularity contest. So let's, let's be surprised. By the way, if you, I, I saw people criticize, I saw there was, there was some criticism of the voters, uh, of people who are doing it and saying, well, anybody who scores the most goals just, just gets it. Rhea Diaz had a very good game for Seattle, was integral to their success. Um, you know, therefore nothing win was, was a big deal. Guess what? You can't watch every minute of every freaking game. It's impossible. Okay. I have a life. I have a wife. I have children that I have to pay attention to. I watch as many games as I can, but it's not like I'm sitting there glued to the television with my notepad trying to figure out exactly who it is. So guess what? Whenever it comes to these and I'm able to look and see a majority of the games, I will be able to put my vote in. If I only get to watch a galaxy game, I usually don't vote. That's how that's how it sort of works. So well, when did you when did you get married? I didn't know about that. But what I when I when I did vote, what I would do is I would look at obviously, you know, guys multiple goals or multiple goals and assist combination. But I would also look at games in which there was one or fewer goals. Right. And look at the goalkeeper. If he had a game like Bond did, um, now granted he gave up two goals, but six, seven, eight saves. That guy goes way up my list. Yeah, and goalkeepers are never. I mean, there is there is some valid criticism. A goalkeeper is like never ever the player of the week. It's just people who score goals who could player of the week. We, that's a different argument for a different time. Again, MLS doesn't even give us access to be able to watch every single game, uh, which has always been an argument of mine. You want you know soccer reporters to cover all this stuff, but yet you don't give us access to be able to watch every single game. ESPN Plus, you can get most of the games on there, um, but at one point. Uh, with MLS live and all the stuff they're doing, I could literally watch every single game in one spot. It didn't matter if it was nationally televised or anywhere. I could watch them all. So that way I could make sure that I had at least the chance to get them all. They're not doing that anymore. So that's where they get it. Um, and there's more teams now too. I don't know if you knew that. I did, they're a big surprise, right? Um, let's go real quick here. Um, and not real quick because there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff. One is I wanted to remind everybody that, that season ticket members are going to get a chance to purchase a three pack of, uh, of tickets coming up. And basically that three pack of tickets is for all the games in May. And so what they're doing, the LA galaxy, and we're recording on Monday night, Tuesday at, I believe it starts at 9am for the premium season ticket holders. And I think everybody else is at 11. Um, but basically they're selling tickets in a group, 
uh, for the next three games. It's not individual games. If you buy this package, you're getting uh, tickets to all three games in the same pod, in the same location for all three of the games. And so what they're trying to do, Kevin, is fill up all of these uh, these seats with these packages so that way they don't have to do individual games. Remember, everybody's operating outside of a season ticket member agreement right now, so nobody technically has season tickets. Um, and so they're going to do that. So that was one of the things that is coming up. It's important to sort of look at and to note. Um, you know, all seating in pods is ranging from one to six, which is different because last time they sold pods up to eight. Um, but in this presale, you'll only be able to select pod sizes of two to four. Um, and you can purchase multiple pods, but you still, it's only in two or four. So I think they had a bunch of single seats and maybe they'll release some of those single seat ones, um, in, uh, in, in subsequent sort of sales, uh, either to the general public or to season ticket members as it goes. Uh, but that's what they're doing for this. So again, on Tuesday at nine or 11, depending on your season ticket member, um, email, you're going to get a chance to buy tickets and do that. I don't know how else the LA galaxy could have done it, Kevin, um, and, and to me, it, it, it makes a bunch of sense. It's like, hey, let's try to sell three games at a time now to sort of progress things down the road. Um, so I don't have any issues with that. Any, you have any comments on that? Uh, every time you say pod, I think of a science fiction movie. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Open the pod bay doors. How? Yes, I, I, I get it. I know where you're going, um, but yes, I, whenever I, you, you mean, whenever we say pod, you don't think immediately of this podcast of which you have done like, you know, oh, 250 wow. shows. That's good. That's good. I should think about that. Um, by the way, I talked to some MLS officials and uh, I've talked to the galaxy a number of times about how they're organizing this, the seating thing under the different tiered system. And the galaxy tell me they have two, um, they have a, an A plan and the B plan. And if, you know, the, the, uh, the tier changes, if we go up or down and, and seating changes, they are prepared to handle that on relatively quick notice. But the league told me they're very concerned around the league about how these things will change. And that's why you haven't heard any announcement of an all-star game. They might not have an all-star game. If they have it, they don't know where they're going to have it because they want to go to a place where there's fans. Yeah. And it's, you know, Vancouver, for example, is playing in Salt Lake. Right. We all Salt Lake has fans at their games. Vancouver playing in the same stadium, they're not going to have fans. They, I, they, I, they can't have fans. Like they're they're literally not allowing the Canadian teams to have fans, which is weird. It's a weird sort of like, like that's that's the rule. I imagine that. Well, maybe they're saying that they don't want to encourage anybody from Canada to to you know come and and I don't even think you can cross unless it's for um for for essential travel still between those borders. So I don't exactly it's more essential than MLS. I to me and they have that healthcare. I mean. It's right. all, it's all polite. covered. It's all polite. covered. Everyone's polite. And uh, I was going to say, I'm just happy. I, I know a lot of people are getting vaccinated now. Um, certainly around uh, the Galaxy family. Um, so it's fun to sort of see everybody getting vaccinated, getting a little pumped for that. Uh, the the second shot can be a little bit of a kick in the pants. It, it knocked me out for 24 hours and knocked my wife out for about 36 hours. Just a little FYI. Drink water. Take some Tylenol. You'll be okay. It's all worth it. Um, but yeah, you, so. you know when they had the vaccinations at Health, Dignity Health Sports Park, and they they, they did, I think. What was it 22 2300 people and, and and you know they did them twice so right so they gave up 4600 shots um but i, I was talking to a, a guy who works with the kings which is part of uh the aeg family and they some of the kings uh front office staff came over and volunteered to work the parking lots and what they did is they directed traffic people went to their different stations and as the guy's directing traffic asking the cars to come he looks in the, through the windshield and he sees a guy with an lafc hat 
And so that guy got stopped and all the other cars and the other side got to go. <laughs> got the LAFC guy had to wait a while. I, I, the, the rivalry continues even in the vaccine. line. That guy still got a vaccine. Everybody chill out. It's, it's he fine. did. Yes, yes, he did. Um, He's healthy now. Th- there are some uh, there are some stuff that's going to happen as you go back to the stadium. I want to touch on that at least quickly. Um, Dignity Health Sports Park put out their safe measures. Um, and basically, there's a whole bunch of things they want you to do. All fans in attendance, two years of age or older, are going have to wear a face covering at all times. That doesn't just mean in your seat. That just doesn't mean in the stadium. It also means in the parking lots. Um, all those those face coverings and face masks have to comply with CDC guidelines. Um, and, and basically, anywhere you're at, and including the staff, the staff is going to have to do the same, but anywhere you're at, you're expected to be wearing your mask. Now, you're allowed to take your mask off whenever you're eating, Kevin. And if you're at your seats, you can do that. But if I think you're, if you're within the first two rows or four rows, um, you're not allowed to eat at your seat at all. You have to go to a designated eating section or do that. They don't want your mask off for any reason. And the people who are sitting closer are actually going to get you know COVID-19 tested and they're going to have to um, wear a mask the whole time as well. So again, all that stuff is coming. I expect that some of this is going to be starting to get catered to... Um, people with vaccines as well as we're starting to see some of the indoor stuff, uh, Kevin, with the arenas and with, um, you know, the the Lakers and the Clippers um, and indoor concert venues and that type of thing where they're saying you need to be if you're vaccinated, that's great. Otherwise, you have to show that you have a, you know, a negative covid test, like the whole deal as those things sort of start to go through there. So, um, again, social distancing is enforced. You're going to have to wear a mask. Uh, mobile ordering is is online for all of the food and beverage. So mobile first experience for concessions. Fans can order concessions through the L.A. Galaxy app and have them ready for pickup at designated concession stands. We saw that fail miserably at the Dodgers whenever that opened up. So expect there to be some road bumps and some of that stuff as well. Um, and again, gate, uh, guests seated in rows A and B in the field and the in the field side seats are prohibited from eating and drinking. The only thing else that I sort of want to say is one totally cashless experience. And Kevin, the Galaxy say, uh, and let, let me see if I can get your take on this. The Galaxy have installed reverse ATMs to facilitate on-site cashless tra- transactions. I imagine that cashless yeah, or, or reverse ATMs. Um, they they give you they give you other people's money, or or they just take your money. And no, they it's, don't get... bit, it's it's Bitcoin only. It's Bitcoin only. That's how it works. I just I've never heard of a reverse ATM. I would imagine no, so money goes in and then you get credit. That's... And then you get a card. Well, it's like it's like a uh, uh, a slot machine. You put the money in and nothing happens. And then nothing happens. That's that's well. That's a, a couple of things about what you just said is um, first of all, vaccine the. Uh, the vaccine passports are coming and just deal with it. We have driver's license. We have all those other things. Just deal with it. It makes everybody healthy. But I'm going to get my soapbox for just a minute because this really bothers me. You know what? Stay classy, Galaxy fans. I, I was looking at those pictures from the Dodgers Stadium, the first game, uh, pictures of people without their mask on. I've heard a number of people talk about it. Chris Klein called me the other day and was talking about that picture, about how he doesn't want that to be Dignity Health Sports Park. You know what? you're going to blow it. If, if people start getting sick again, we're not going to be able to go to games. You're going to blow it. Wear the mask. It's not that hard to do. And the people I've seen at my gym that wear the mask and they put it below their nose, like, I'm not going to pay attention to the rules. You know what? You don't look tough. You look stupid. You look like you don't know how to put a mask on. Wear the mask when you're at your seat. It's not that much of an inconvenience. It helps everybody. It allows us to have fans and games. Come on. We're not out of this yet. That's my soapbox thing. And by the way, I just did get an email from the always wonderful and very on top of it, Vicky Mercado, Galaxy PR. 
Kevin Cabral is not in L.A., so there's our update. We yeah. don't know where he is. We just know he's not here. Yeah, I was going to say I got a text message as well from uh, from from Vicky, and uh, she was she was saying uh, he's not here yet. That's all. We'll, we'll get an update, so we'll we'll be able to update. Let, guess what? This is this is how it works for us. By the way, I would like to everybody to know, Kevin, you and I, we ask questions and then we wait for answers, and sometimes those answers come right away, and sometimes those answers take a couple days to sort of figure out and go, and then we'll just keep asking, and you know, we're sort of around, say, hey, you know, remember that question I asked you? Remember, do we have an answer on it yet? And that's how you actually figure out uh, when things happen, that type of thing. So um, nothing new. We just wanted to make sure, at least as of right now, Monday at uh, about 9.07 p.m. as we were recording, Kevin, there is no Kevin Cabral in the United States and news. And breaking system. news happened right in the middle of the podcast. Crazy. That's how on top of it Cra we are. Craziness is what it is. Uh, just to finish up on the Dignity Health Sports Park stuff, uh, don't yell at me. This is not my fault. I understand what I'm about to say is something that you could do that is socially distanced and would be a great solution to a lot of issues. Uh, tailgating is currently prohibited at Dignity Health Sports Park. That is not going to change. Don't yell at me. I, I don't I don't care. I'm I can't I don't have I'm not able blame the lawyers. I guarantee it was a lawyer who was like, no, 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 no. Mask on the time all the time. Whole deal. Because in my mind, Kevin, if you grill behind your car, you stay away from people, you do your thing, you're at your car with your group of people, as long as you're separated from other groups of people, you're good to go. You're outside. You're maintaining your social distancing. That seems like a great way to get some food, get some sustenance, uh, maybe an adult, an adult beverage or two. Um, and then be able to watch the game. But the LA Galaxy say no, no tailgating is allowed at Dignity Health Sports Park, so don't plan on it. It's not happening. That's because if you tailgate, then you're not going to use the cashless ATM with the Bitcoin, and that messes everything up. But you know what? I, I get it, and you're right. People can go in the luxury suites, you know, and if they can be in the luxury suites and have their party in there, why can't they do it in the parking lot with your family? But let's just go back to what I said earlier. Last year at this time, we didn't have anybody in the stadium all year. They're, at, they're asking you to go without a tailgate for a couple of months and wear a mask. It, would you take, if we gave you that offer last year to get, go to a game, would you have taken it? Yeah. That's the offer now. If you wear a mask and you don't tailgate, you can watch a game. Yeah. So I, it sounds, I mean, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be there on Sunday, so I'm, I'm, I'm in. Uh, wear a mask. I, absolutely. I, I will have it ready. Um, here's fun. You want to talk about hyperbole and overreaction? Let's talk about the LA Galaxy and the ESPN power rankings. We rarely talk about power rankings, mostly because the LA Galaxy have been pegged to the bottom of those power rankings for such a long time. Uh, we like Power Rangers, though. Power Ranger. Big fan of the yellow Power Ranger. The That's, yellow Power yeah, Ranger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ESPN names Galaxy as a top five in their initial power rankings coming out. They had Seattle as the number one, Philadelphia as number two, Columbus as number three. By the way, Philadelphia and Columbus played each other to a 0-0 draw. Uh, Sporting Kansas, Kansas City is four. I'll tell you this. If if the preseason is any indication, and it's usually not, uh, the LA Galaxy were very competitive event against what I, what I think will be a very good Sporting Kansas City team. Let's see if that sticks up as it goes. But five for the LA Galaxy. Uh, number six, LAFC. Uh, Montreal is seven. Montreal and seven. You know, they beat Toronto. They're, and they're picked to come in last. I've seen a number of polls where they're picked to be last. There, there was somebody who was pointing out, anybody who played the midweek CCL game didn't win. Um, so in, in league play. So anybody who played in the CCL and, and Toronto was one of those teams, uh, didn't win their game and Montreal, uh, absolutely wiped the deck with Toronto at one time there. So, uh, that's, uh, that, that's an interesting one. Uh, DC United at eight Houston Dynamo at nine. Again, Houston was uh, sort of a question mark this year, whether or not they would be any good. And then rounding out a team who definitely people thought was always going to be on the bottom, uh, is the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, because they beat the Portland because they beat Portland. So, 
that's sort of uh, that's where you sit in the power rankings again. Uh, first game overreaction hyperbole uh, is in full effect with all of this stuff, and so uh, so interesting. Just uh, again, I'm I, I I think there's a lot of positivity here, Kevin, and and I don't think that that's that's a problem. Um, I just I just want to temper everybody's expectations going through this. Uh, the LA Galaxy will play this weekend in New York Red Bulls, and and, it, and, and they're a team who is uh, very good. Uh, who can come in and they didn't win their first game. I think they lost at home, but now they're going to come play the LA Galaxy. It's a long trip. We understand that. Uh, the field conditions should be good. Everything should be lined up for the LA Galaxy to really get more points out of this game. So there's some positivity in this uh, as we look at it. But at the same time, would, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the LA Galaxy, who are not complete, who don't have all their pieces in, in place yet, Kevin, are, are, are incomplete on the field still and, and, and stumble. There's no consistency from the LA Galaxy through one game because it's one game. We don't know what consistent no. is. And I'm trying to talk myself down from from the excitement of that first game. I think the big test comes in week three. Seattle on the road. Galaxy should have figured a few things out, should be comfortable with the way Greg plays. I think that's a much better test than a uh, a Miami team in the heat and humidity that haven't played a preseason game. Um, so I, I'm looking to that third game. The next game against New York is important, but that to me doesn't really determine which way the season is going to go. I think it's that third game with Seattle, who looked to be really good already. Yeah, um, yeah, they, they seem to be good. They seem to be playing well. So, uh, again, we'll, you just have to watch everything. Let's see how everybody progresses. Let's see getting Julian Araujo back is going to change the uh, the, per, the complexion of this team. Uh, it may change, you know, Grant Sear getting a little bit uh, more involved in terms of uh, being game fit and everything else. I thought he had a quiet game, but there were, some, there were some flashes there. There were some little things that you could take away and say, okay, I see what you're trying to do there. I understand it. Um, so... Having seen all that, I think if you're a Galaxy fan, super positive. You go to Miami, you get a win. You, In some ways, you steal three points. But in other ways, you absolutely earned every single one of those points. So I understand both perspectives on that. You're now headed against New York Red Bulls team. Everything's focused on that. Again, for the first month or so of this season, as we roll through, Kevin, they're not going to have to play those midweek games. I don't think they, those start until June where you start to go Saturday, Wednesday, Sundays, you know, Wednesday and start doing that stuff. So for right now, the LA Galaxy still have a chance to catch their breath for a little bit. Yeah, and uh, again, you know, Chicharito's on pace for sixty-eight goals. That would be a record. <laughs> it sounds like it. It's, it sounds like it's the uh, it's the uh, it's the perfect start uh, for Chicharito and everything. So else. if he doesn't get a hat trick next week, is that a step down? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, that's that's always going to be what are, what are the actual expectations for Chicharito? I think people said that you know somewhere in the fifteen to twenty goals is sort of what you expect him to score. He's t he's got two. He's thirteen away from being you know at fifteen. That's a ridiculous thing to say after one game and you're trying to predict things but at the same point it's too closer than he was whenever he started and he certainly has you know the proverbial piano off his back right now he, i think he's feeling confident and looking well so uh, well, and, and to me the big thing was those were chicharito goals those are the kind of goals he scores last year remember his second goal for example wasn't a chicharito goal he he just seemed lost last year this year he's playing like he used to play la galaxy will one game yeah yeah one game uh la galaxy will host the new york red bulls coming up on two 
12.30 Pacific time uh, on Sunday, April 25th. So that's the game that you're going to go to. Uh, just to give you a schedule of what the LA Galaxy are going through, um, they will be off tomorrow, Tuesday. What happened was, here, let me give you a quick little, this is how they traveled. Uh, the LA Galaxy flew from Fort Lauderdale back to Long Beach and landed at about uh, 10.45 p.m. on Sunday night. Uh, by the time that they got to their cars and everything, you can add a couple hours to that uh, just in terms of getting cars and getting home. So really, they had a late night. So Greg Vanny had everybody in on Monday morning for a regen session. That's regeneration. Uh, able to go and stretch the legs and get some stuff done and do a little jogging, maybe some light, lightweight training just to sort of get everything regenerated to, to keep the muscles moving. They will have tomorrow off. So Tuesday, the team is off. Wednesday, they'll be back to training. They'll train Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the game on Sunday. We have media calls this week on Wednesday, and we have media call on Friday. So Wednesday, we'll sort of be able to do some housekeeping stuff, I imagine. Talk to Greg Vanny a little bit about injuries, how everybody's recovering from things. Um, you know, we can ask him about when Kevin Cabral is coming. That's something that we could do on Wednesday as well. Um, and then on Friday, it will be probably more focused on what the LA Galaxy are going to try to do to the New York Red Bulls on Sunday. So that sort of seems the uh, schedule right now for the LA Galaxy as it's laid out. That is true. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you agreed. I'm glad you didn't have anything else uh, to sort of look at. Can we? Can we do something real quick that I just want to do? Um, oh, the standings. The standings, just because they're fun, and we'll just look at the Western Conference right now. Uh, LA Galaxy currently in third place on goal differential through the first game. Three points get you three points. Tied with Seattle, LAFC, Kansas City, Houston, and Vancouver, and again in third place because of goal differential. And I'm sure something else because there's other people with one goal differentials down there and they're below the galaxy. So I'm sure they had to go like three tiebreakers in order to get the first week's Probably standings. Goals. Yeah. Goals in the game. Very well could be. So that's where we're at. Uh, LA Galaxy looking good in the Western Conference above the playoff line after one game. Uh, a lot of hyperbole, like I said, in this game, in this in this first uh, On thing. pace to go 34-0. and 0. It's it's absolutely, and, and like you said, 68 goals for Chicharito, a lot of things. Sasha Kleshner on pace to score 34 goals. Um, that would be so a record. I think that, that, that would be a record for him, for sure. All right. But what a terrible year by Jonathan Bond. Holy crap. <laughs> 2.0 goals against average. Yep, exactly. And he has, he's going to make six times. Can you do six times 30, 180, almost 200 saves in a, a, in lot, a season? A yeah. bunch. He's going to have a bunch. They're going to have to limit that. All right. Uh, Kevin, are you good? Can we get out on it? I am. I've been good for a long time. I don't know why I'm still here. Oh, that's absolutely. Lots of people question that all the time. All yeah. right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. And of course, uh, go ahead and head on over to LATimes.com for all of Kevin's wonderful stories there. You can catch him. Kevin Baxter. Baxter, LA Times, at KBaxter11. That's where you want to follow him. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where we have your game recaps, your videos, your podcasts, all that fun stuff right there. Corner of the Galaxy. Galaxy play New York Red Bulls on Sunday, 2.30 Pacific time. Kickoff will be back on Thursday night. The Hammer's going to be in the studio, or at least on the screen, to talk you through that game. All right. For Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. And you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.